I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, this is Craig Custance. Um, uh, where do I work? With The Athletic, joined, as always, by Sean Gentili on the Tuesday edition of The Athletic Hockey Show, the American edition, where we talk exclusively about American teams, mostly. It, That's right. It, we try, occasionally we have to reference Canadian players, which we do a lot in this Jonathan mm. Taves conversation later with Mark Lazarus and probably talking about Nathan McKinnon. You know, that's. I want. I, I want to say right now. Yes. If you're a, if you're a Canadian <laughs> player on a Canadian team, you can get the hell out of here. That's right. That's right. I think you should just establish that early. Uh, we've got a, a great show. We've got Mark Lazarus joining us later in the second segment, along with Peter Baugh, we, uh, Colorado Avalanche, just a, a Stanley Cup power, high expectations, huge ex- expectations um, with those two. Great conversations with with um, two of my favorite writers there on the beat. Um, but let's start. The Robin Leonard story continues, and I know Haley and Ian got into this a little bit yesterday, but I I want to start here because um, he's it, it. This almost feels like when you're watching a TV show and they like break you know character and they look into the camera and they're yeah. like, "Hey, you at home?" And you're like, "Wait, what? Are you talking to me?" This was like 
somebody in the hockey universe for like the split second, like peeled open the, the, the world and like looked out at us and said, Hey, something needs to be said here. And I'm going to say it. Um, and, you know, to be clear, so, he, you know, he, he implied that, uh, that there's the, the Flyers training staff and Elaine Vigneault, they were, they were supplying drugs that would to aid sleep and reduce anxiety and, and incorrectly doing that. Vigneault to be, also, to be clear, came out and said all those are completely false. I think Robin at, at one point called Vigneault a dinosaur. Um, and uh, like, <laughs> we don't get this kind of controversy in the NHL. Uh, so on one hand, I applaud Robin Leonard. I, I, I mean, Robin Leonard, like this is stuff we've been saying. Hey, it's you know we sh- we need to stop protecting terrible things in the world of hockey. So All thank right. goodness he's doing this, Sean. You're dying to talk. I can tell. I felt like I had to get a lot I, of that I, out of the way. I have but a, I have a, I, I do have, I do have a question for you. Were you were you surprised by this? No. <laughs> um, that was here's what that I was, was a yeah, weird. Go ahead. Okay, that was a weird strain. When this all dropped on on Sunday night or, or Sunday afternoon or whenever it was, I, I get people being upset about it. I get people being outraged about it. I like all respect to Robin Leonard for you know dropping the veil on this, but it's like wow, NHL players abusing Ambien. Like I, who could have seen this coming? I had no, I, I had right. no idea. Like I, I, and that's, and maybe that's what it took. Maybe it took a player just being like, this is, this is bullshit. Uh, it, it's been happening for years and years. I, I think that's something that I, maybe we took, I, I certainly took for granted. Like, oh yeah, there's, there's all sorts of bad stuff that's going on with, with, uh, with prescription drugs, yes. whether it's Ambien, whether it's, whether it's Toradol, whether it's Benzos or, or whatever, or whatever else, I, I, it was it was wild to see people as shocked as they were. I, I and I and I, I you know I, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe maybe that just means that I whatever I'm in the group that like short should have we should we should have been, been working harder hey, on this. Like I yeah I I don't know yeah, but but I was I was surprised to see people like be like holy shit I'm like yeah, yeah of 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 course they do. You know what? it's funny that you'd say that. I was more surprised that he called out Vigneault. Yes. For his style than I was like this again, this is terrible. I don't even know if I should be admitting this, but I was like, what? He named names? Like I was like, oh yeah, they're they're doing terrible things with prescription drugs. Kind of like, okay, whatever, that's that's kind of going on. But then I was like, but now we're gonna just start calling people out. And and, and you know, I guess this is where you get into trouble is when you don't you're not parsing what you know calling him a dinosaur for his style versus whether or not he's, you know, handing out prescription drugs, which I think Robin mm-hmm. clarified later. He was just saying Lane Vigneault is a dinosaur in his approach to coaching. Um, but that's like that, that, that to me, you know, nothing Robin Leonard at this point does surprises me and in a good way. And I'm not saying that negatively, like this guy, this is a guy that's put himself out there, talks about mental health. He's broken that barrier. He's like, look, I, you know, he has been so uh, vulnerable and has done the hardest thing you can do as somebody and gone very public with your whatever private things you're dealing with. So the fact that he's doing this didn't, didn't surprise me. Even the topic, I was like, well, you know, there's some stuff going on um, with, with how players cope with w- what is a really hard sport and painful mm-hmm. and, you know. Sleep, sleep, sleep issues, issues are, issues such are a, brutal. Such a, such um, a huge, huge thing. Yeah, like – like it was the it was the packaging that was wild right because like the way the way the way Leonard said it and the way he set it up like cinematically 
almost where he's like every he he was it was he was the joker like that's basically what it yeah. was where he's like he's like every he's like every day i'm i'm gonna come at someone else like i'm i'm gonna keep revealing <laughs> this this sort this sort of I, that was the that was the wild part to me not not necessarily what he what he what he said and that's not and that is also by the way that's not even remotely to diminish the problem of prescription no, drug use no. abuse among 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 professional athletes it's a huge huge deal but but to see it laid bare like that that was that was what was wild not necessarily the information you know contained therein it's you know it's it's fascinating because now you sit there and and um you know he, everybody got their hooks in robin and you know there was he had a conversation oh, wow. with the nhlpa uh according to he, he talked to frank cervelli at daily faceoff and um you know, so he he talks to the PA, and I'm sure I'm sure the Vegas, you know, I'm sure Kelly McCrimmon's got was like, hey, you know, let's let's yeah, they got out, they got out the hook, they got, they got out, the, so we're not getting our Joker they got daily the, updates. They got, no, they got the Muppet Show, the Muppet Show came out and, y- and yanked him <laughs> off stage. Um, but like. I, selfishly i don't want it to stop like i don't want robin this is the only way truly you know we we can sit there and try to report it and get roadblocked and whatever and and um or it's an impossible like almost an impossible thing to report like but borderline right like that's that that's that's such a whatever maybe we're, we're we're getting too granular here on on this but that's it, it's going to take a player doing a something like player. that to really a current player do, on a on, on a, a team. team right now. Yes, in like and God bless God bless Tom Sestito, right? Who weighed who weighed in yesterday? He said, "Good for Leonard." You know, the NHL is getting a lot younger. These kids know what they're walking into. Mm. And he said that the Penguins specifically. He said, "There's a lot of great organizations in the NHL. The Penguins team of doctors were the ones that get me off all that shit, and they were dumbfounded as to why I had all of it to begin with." This is Tom oh. Sestito yesterday. So, you know, dap to him, all yes. credit in the world, but Tom Sestito is not an NHL player anymore. And the, the effect of guys like that, for better or worse, is blunted. So, when you, when you have a starting goaltender on a Stanley Cup contender who's been on TV a whole hell of a lot over the last couple of years and raised his profile and turned into a guy in the league over the last few years, like that's the kind of thing that it's going to need, that's going to need to happen to really you know, bring this to a, to the place that it needs to be. And it's hard because he's, you know, he's a guy that, I mean, he's got a contract, but you're, the reason you don't hear current players mm-hmm. raise their hands in these scenarios is because they've got a livelihood to protect. And um, it's the same thing. Like, well, you know, we talked to Mark Lazarus about the, the, the uh, lawsuit against the Blackhawks. And it's, you know, we you sit there and kind of look at it and you say, oh, it's it's funny how the all the former players heard all these things, but all the current players are like, never heard any of this stuff. And you're like, Crazy. hmm. And that you just... Uh, and funny like, how that works out. Yeah. Like, and you sit there and it's not to doubt whatever anyone's saying, but it's it's people have, like the reality of the situation is is you have people that need to protect their livelihoods here. And, mm-hmm. and hockey is one of those places where it's if you're deemed somebody who is rocking the boat in any way... You, you're out, like really, like in in Robin yeah. Leonard has why unless yeah. unless unless you're a starting goaltender yeah. who signed for a few more years right. to a five million dollar contract, like that's the kind of guy that it was going to take. And in Robin Leonard's, you know, his uh, he he's he clearly made a choice a few years ago to speak out on on this sort of stuff, right? Like he's he's the last guy on on earth who's going to be muzzled over this. So yeah, it's a, it's a 
collision of a lot of different factors that made him, you know, the guy to to kind of drop the veil on this. Yeah. So I I applaud Robin Leonard. I I um you know it's the uh, the whole coaching thing, it was, it's really interesting what happened. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to touch on this a little bit because I've, you know, spent a lot of time in this space and, and know a lot of the main players mm-hmm. involved in, in the coaching world. And there was, we almost forget there was this, almost this NHL coach reckoning that, that was happening right before COVID hit where, mm-hmm. you know, you saw what happened with Mike Babcock and you, there was, there was Bill, the Bill Pe- Peters, Peters. And I felt and- like it was, um, in, and there was an evolution of how you can treat players and, um, you know, and, and what, and you were starting to have conversations with people in organized, or I was like, you would say, okay, does this change the kind of person you want behind the bench? Can, yeah. can somebody who's really hard on players still succeed? Um, and, and then that, I don't know, then that kind of went away. It got backburnered. It got backburnered yeah. with a whole bunch of other stuff. Like that's a... That's a conversation, especially when you look at just how difficult it was running an organization last year and the amount of and the amount of crap that NHL teams had to deal with last year, you know, because of it was it was it was hard. It was hard for coaches and orgs and players. So of course that's gonna, you know, slide slide to the back. But, you know, I don't know. We have other things to worry about now. Like I guess I, I. It's just a healthy discussion to have. It's you know I don't know if any, if you all saw Meg Linehan's story, but mm-hmm. anytime you have these power dynamics um, in sports, uh, where one person can decide the fate of somebody's mm-hmm. career and playing yep. time and all of that, it's it it creates an environment that can be disastrous. For and when I say, when I when I say other things, yeah, no, I, too, I, mean, I, yeah, I mean yeah. like I no, I mean like I mean now we're for better or worse. You know, you can qu- you can quibble with this all you want, but we're coming out of the COVID fog, mm. at least, where other discussions are now taking place. Like, we're sort of picking back up where we were a year and a half ago or, t- or two years ago. We're at least capable and at least in possession of the mental bandwidth, I think, that it takes to have conversations like that. And last year, we were not. Yes. No. That was like, this was this was top of mind. 100% every single day. But now I think we're going to see, you know, this season stuff like that slip back into the into the into the dialogue and, and into the discussion because we can we can worry about it again. Yeah. It's and I, I mean that's that's healthy. It's good for the sport mm-hmm. and I, you know, we Robin Leonard should be applauded and and I, I haven't heard there's been no backlash. I don't I don't think yeah, maybe I that way. and and I'm just glad that he's he's speaking out and I hope other NHL players see hey this is our livelihood this is our health this is our long term you know mental health all these things that Robin is fighting for are you know more important than winning a Stanley Cup it's is it, or whatever and and. I, it would be awesome to see this get momentum. So he just doesn't look like an outlier where it's like, hey, what did Robin mm-hmm. Leonard say today? You know, it, it, he's a leader in, <laughs> right. in a movement. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the only way it gets better is if people talk about it. That's true in a lot of different a lot of different areas of life. And it's it's certainly true here. So, yeah, I hope to see more of it. Awesome. Well, we, we, we touch on a little bit of this in our conversation with Mark Lazarus. It was... So the Blackhawks had a fascinating offseason. It was a great chat with Laz. So let's take a quick break and jump right into that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are now thrilled to be joined as part of our Storylines Week previewing the NHL season by Mark Lazarus, who covers the Chicago Blackhawks and... Of course, mascots. That goes without saying. For the athletic, <laughs> I, Mark. I, infringe, I infringed on his beat <laughs> earlier Sean, this summer. I Sean apologize. has no scruples about just stomping all over. Well, you know what? No, I, I respect it. He didn't just infringe on the beat. He requested <laughs> that my daughter supplement his story. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do it on his own like no. some people might. He, he he bent the knee to my daughter and made sure that she, her voice was Could heard. you Can you imagine a lazier story than like a 3,000-word mailbag where 900 words of it is an answer? about mascots written by a nine-year-old? <laughs> I don't think so. Les is, I think, I think that's, that's, that's half of Les's uh, job. He's like, hey, uh, I, I got I'm, nothing this week. Here, here, let me uh, hand, hand off yeah, the time. Yeah, go, go do something. I, she, she's got another story in the works that she's been working on for months now, but she keeps, she's she's almost growing out of it now. I'm almost a little worried. Like, she's almost too cool for school mm. now. So she's like oh, on that fence of like, sad. does she want to keep doing this? Or is she mm. going to be like, you know, dad, I'm almost 10 now. Oh. Uh, I'm almost so we'll 10. See. I'm really smart. You have, you have, you have, no, you have number two. Just pass it on. I do. The, the six-year-old could get involved. That's when, that's when the older one started was when she was six. So. Be like Doctor Who, except with athletic <laughs> child mascot writers. Just keep replacing my, 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 my stolen bylines for my daughters. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Storylines Week, where we talk about kids and how we can get them to do all our work for us. <laughs> Calvin currently mowing the lawn out back for me. Skirt, what are the child labor skirting, laws? Yeah, like, I don't skirting even know. child labor laws, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the number one storyline of the NHL season. Um, but let's start here, Mark, because um, Marc-Andre Fleury, I was just watching highlight reel saves he was making against uh, the Red Wings here in Detroit. And, um, I, like, the... I'm still wrapping around my head around the offseason the Blackhawks had mm-hmm. on every level possible. Um, even like how to react to it. Like, can we be, do we, can we say they did a good job because of the other, the, you know, the, the stuff we'll get to in a second? Um, but Mark Andre Fleury. Try writing about uh, it yeah, every day. You're, try writing. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't envy you. Um, <laughs> but Mark Andre Fleury was this fascinating thing where it was like all of a sudden he ends up in Chicago. We weren't even sure if he was going to go. And now he actually he's looking like, hey, this might be a really good thing for the Black. Based on one clip I saw on Twitter uh, during a preseason game, it, it, it was, was a, a really save. good save. So, yeah. um, <laughs> where have you landed on Mark Andre Fleury and the impact he can have this year on the Blackhawks? Well, I mean, it could be massive. I mean, he's a he was a, 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 the, assuming last year was the 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 bar and not the previous mm. year. One of those years was a fluke, right? He had a bad year and then he had an unbelievable mm. year. And given his track record, you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can do something. I, you know, you can't expect a guy to come in and be a 930 goalie, especially behind the Blackhawks defense. Mm-hmm. This is different than playing Much behind different. Vegas. Mm-hmm. But 
But if he could put up a, a 915 or a 920, that's a huge improvement from what the Blackhawks had last year when they just threw three untested goalies in there and, and, and Kevin Lankin and emerged the winner. So if you have Lankin in playing 35 games and you have Marc Andre Fleury playing 45, 47 games, you're going to win a few more games than you did last year. And the Blackhawks, for all their faults and all their youth last year, were in the playoff race for much of the season until like the wheels kind of fell off at the very end. So you throw in Flurry, you throw in Seth Jones, you throw in maybe most importantly Jake McCabe, a real shutdown defenseman. You add Tyler Johnson in the middle, you bring back Jonathan Taves, who might be their biggest offseason acquisition of all. And yeah, I mean, some team in the Central Division is going to be really disappointed this year because mm-hmm. there's six teams that firmly believe they're a playoff team. But the Blackhawks are one of them. They expect this team to make the playoffs. I mean, they have to. Like, I mean, based on, like if you do all this stuff right, and then yes. you're like, spend oh, a lot of money. Off again. It's like, mm, that, yeah. <laughs> it's tough to imagine a better safety valve than Marc-Andre Fleury, right? They're like, okay, I mean, can can we improve defensively? Can we get the five-on-five the five five numbers up to where they need to be? Like. Maybe, maybe not. There's there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of action. We'll see if we'll see if that actually sticks. But the fact that they have him, you know, I it's still wild to me that that he's on the roster. I know, I know Craig. I, I know. I know you said that already. But like, as soon as that move happened, and part of that, I think part of that's me being in Pittsburgh. A lot of that's me being in Pittsburgh. But I immediately <laughs> was like, okay, this is like. It feels wrong almost. Uh, well, the, well, the the wheel the 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 wheels are greased for him to end up somewhere else, whether it's here or or, or wherever. It just felt like it was a it was a way station for him, like f- immediately. And then it was like day one, it didn't happen. Day two, it didn't happen. And then you're like you're like, wow, okay, they actually they actually they actually pulled this off. You know, I I, I, I have a lot of respect for Flurry and talking to him about this stuff uh, recently. Yeah. It's you know uh, everyone was freaking out because he took a few days to make a decision mm-hmm. and. You know, I like to I like to write a lot about the human side of being yeah. a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. It's a weird job, and like you know, like Sean, you're not going to be told. You know, you're being traded to Sports Illustrated tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you have to be in San Jose in the morning <laughs> to report. Well, we, to work. We, hold on, we we can't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't. Here. I'm saying it's Let's not say, going. I mean, Craig's, 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 been, Craig's been working the phones. I'm aware. He, he, he just, I have a, I have a no, I have a, maybe there's a, no a different example clause. we could use there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Pittsburgh Post Gazette wants to reacquire me for the record, so you can scratch them off the list. That only happens to professional mm-hmm. athletes, where like you know you can get moved against your will at some places, but it's not like tomorrow right. you have to do it. Well, that- and the guy who's 37 years old and has got three kids who love where they live, he's got a wife and he's got a whole family. Mm-hmm. He took a few days to figure out, you know, do I want to mm-hmm. keep doing this? And then he said yes. And you know we're all running around like crazy, like oh my god, he doesn't want to play in Chicago. He doesn't want he, he hates Chicago. What's going on? And no, he's a human being who had a an important family decision to make. And God, good for him for taking the time to make the decision. Now he's here. He seems really happy. He's competing his ass off in practices. Uh, everyone raves about him. Everyone, it's Mark Andre Fleury. Everybody knows about Mark Andre Fleury. He's like the greatest guy in the world. Yeah. Well, he, so, I mean, that's like know. that's like the we're contractually obligated to talk about right. what a great guy he's is. So nice. But yeah. but but it's but it's true. Like there's a reason everyone says it. It's because it's true. And I, I said this to somebody after the trade, you know, when, whenever the Penguins, will they, will they make it happen? Will, like, will they not? Everyone's saying he doesn't want to play there. But I, I said, I said it to someone back then, like he's, he's going to, he's going to change his mind because that's just, that's just the kind of guy he is. Like, I, I think he, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure once you talk to everybody, heard whatever, <laughs> heard heard all the great things about Chicago and, and and how it can be to raise a family there and all all that stuff. Like they, if the, if another team wanted to do that, they were going to have to strike quickly. Like he he was because he was gonna he was gonna come around to the right side of stuff for for Chicago at least. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, last year the Blackhawks had Kevin Lankinen, Malcolm Subban, and yeah. Colin Delia in goal. Mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury just step up from that. Like, even Kevin Lankin is not like mad about this after I, winning the number I one right. job. Is, what is he going to do? Good, and as good as Lankin was last year too, right? Like he was, he had a, he had a stretch there where he was, he but was then phenomenal. He and then, he, down, then he fell apart a little bit because he was a, being mm-hmm. asked to play four times a week, mm-hmm. and you know, in in a weird seat, and he wasn't capable of doing that just yet. Mm-hmm. He might be down the road. This buys you here. This is like when the Blackhawks signed Robin Leonard two years mm-hmm. ago. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. Mm-hmm. But if there's a if there's a Vezina caliber goalie just sitting there on the market and you can afford him, it's 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 negligence not to at least entertain the idea. Do you have do you have any set expectation for for Taves? Like, mm-hmm. is there is there any way to is there any way to have a feel for for how this is going to work out? He I, 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 I'm I, he he is very hesitant to make any promises, so therefore I'm very hesitant to make any promises. He looks really good, mm-hmm. like he. He's taken one day off in all of training camp so far. He's been out there almost every night for 75, 80 minutes Shocking. doing the wind sprints at the end. Like, I thought they would be treating him with kid gloves. I still think they should be treating him with kid gloves, but they're not. He wants to be out there. His first preseason game, he played almost 23 minutes, and he was really good. He had two primary assists last night. He should have had a third in the first 12 minutes of the game. I mean, his his speed isn't there yet. He's never been a burner, but he's a good skater. And, you know, he, that's what he's working up to is getting his speed and his timing back. But he looks really good. He's, he feels really good from all accounts. He's doing great, better than expected. I mean, he's almost certainly going to be in the opening night lineup at this point. And if you get 75% of Jonathan Tays, what he was, you know, considering what the Blackhawks had down the middle last year, he's your number two center this year. He's not playing with Debrinkit and Kane. If right. you can get him 18 minutes a night out of him and he can still kill some penalties and win some big faceoffs, get some power play time. Uh, I mean, it, what, what a, he's only 33. He just took a whole year off. It might, you know, be a blessing in disguise. Obviously, nobody would wish on, uh, on anyone what he went through over the past year, but 15 years of that heavy style of hockey he played, you want him, you know, he, need, he needed time off and he got a full year to let everything kind of reset in his body. And if he is really back, we don't know how he's going to respond to the stresses and the rigors of hockey and travel, but if he can handle it, he might be better off in the long run for it. Let's straw, let's um, straw poll. Does he make the Canadian Olympic roster as a as a long shot right now? It's so hard to say. Like like everybody wants him to. Team Canada yeah. adores him. Obviously, right. no, I know. Like he's. But I don't know how you can justify. Like who are you going to take out? They've got nine hundred and fifty centers <laughs> on right. that team. Ryan O'Reilly, sorry, <laughs> right. man. I mean, I mean, at this stage of his career, Ryan O'Reilly's a better player than Jonathan Taze. I don't think anyone's arguing that. Um, Taves would have to play out of his mind the yeah. next few months to make that team. All right, so we're three no's there. You know it's in the back of his mind, though. You got you got to know that. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think it's front of the mind. I think the, a lot of these. I think that's a big driver here. I'm just that yeah. center depth is that center depth is is really interesting. That that top that top three that they have. I the the winger group is is sort of beyond DeBrinkin and Kane is. Kind of, kind of, kind of weird to me, right? Like, who's who is Taves gonna who stays on track to play with? Is it, is it gonna be like uh, he'll he'll be back with Dominic Kubalik, who we had great yeah. chemistry with in Kubalik's yeah. rookie year, and it could be mm-hmm. Brandon Hagel on there. It could be um, one of these young guys. Maybe they move Dylan Strome to the wing if they have mm-hmm. nowhere else to put mm-hmm. him. Uh, but Kubalik and Taves they make magic together. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
They just need to have some kind of speedy, scrappy guy in that right wing. I think Hagel would be a perfect fit. And you're always a second round pick from adding somebody at the deadline. That's actually pretty like the wing. That that's one area you can go into the season yep. not feeling good about and know you can shore it up fairly easily. I thought Laz, you 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 had an interesting telling moment earlier where you were kind of rattling through their offseason additions and you you were like Seth Jones, but Jake McCabe on D. Now that's that's what they needed. <laughs> And you like you you, you kind of like breezed past Seth Jones. Um, so so what I my just my interpretation there is Jake McCabe is going to have a bigger impact than Seth Jones on that defense. Is that how I, I'm I don't know? That? I, I I don't know if that's what I'm saying because <laughs> Seth Jones is the number one defenseman who's going to play a lot. But everybody knows what Seth yeah, Jones yeah, yeah. is. I feel like well, Jake McCabe I, do is one we of know those that? That's, I, I don't know. Well, that's that, yeah. We're we we do not know exactly where he is right now. I mean, you know, you talk to hockey men, copyright symbol. Mm-hmm. And they love him. And you talk to Dom and he's like the worst player that's ever lived. Okay. I might be hyperbolizing a bit there, but no, no you know, it's true. No, yeah. I think ever. <laughs> I've heard him. I've heard him say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't know exactly what Seth Jones will be, but we know what the, the potential is. But I feel like Jake McCabe is one of those acquisitions that are a little more under the wire that, you know, yeah. you know, fans around the league might, he played in Buffalo. So nobody really got to see yeah. him much anyway. He, pl- he played, in, he played in Buffalo and blew out his knee last year. Yeah. Like what, what, how, how could you be more of a, of a hidden kind of commodity coming right. into, coming into free agency but than that. You think back to when the Hawks had those cup years, and I always used to uh, harp on Nicholas Jalmerson being, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, ver- the the two or three most important pieces of that team because you could put him up against anybody and it freed up your other defensemen, your Keith and your Seabrook, to go have more favorable matchups. You know, right now they've got McKay playing with Jones, which isn't what I would do. I would have McKay with Connor Murphy and having a real shutdown pairing. That can change, but right now it's McKay and Jones. But that allows Jones to be more aggressive offensively, which he's been talking about what he wants to do because McCabe is so good in his own end. He's one of those really underappreciated, mm-hmm. true defensive defensemen, a real shutdown guy um, who can who can really you know take a lot of pressure off his partner or of another pairing. So right now, Seth Jones is in a good spot. Whether he's playing with McCabe or not, he is going to be freed up to, you know, activate more in the offense and be more aggressive, which is something that he very much wants to do. Um, So the Blackhawks have been the worst defensive team in the league for like three straight years now. Mm -hmm. So adding Seth Jones helps, but adding Jake McCabe and adding some of these other, you know, depth forwards they have, that's what's really going to turn things around if it does indeed turn around, which is obviously no guarantee. So, Laz, let's finish here. It's, it's, you know, they make all these moves and nobody wants to hop on the Blackhawks bandwagon, even though you say, hey, they did all, because there's also the cloud looming over them with this, you know, the sexual abuse lawsuit. And, and you've yeah. had to, I don't envy the, the, th- the needle you've had to thread as a beat writer who, you know, it's way more fun to talk about huge trades in free agent mm-hmm. signings. And, and, you know, you tend to have more access to the people making the decisions when you're not then having to alternate with a, you know, reported out story about a lawsuit that's, that is really ugly. And, and, um, so I, I you know, what I'm really interested in is a is this is like how how do you anticipate this playing out over the course of the season? Like, are we is it going to continue to be like these constant updates? And and how are fans balancing this in Chicago? Of like, you know, they're like, hey, they want to get excited about Jonathan Taves, but they're also like, I, they might have done a terrible thing here. Like, what is that? Yeah, balance? no, the the the, the, uh, the legal process does not move quickly, as we yeah. all know. But right now, we're still waiting for the results of the. Uh, the quote-unquote independent investigation from Jenner and Block, the national law firm the Blackhawks paid to look into this. And they've been talking to people for, God, it's been two months now, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Blackhawks have pledged, thankfully, to make those findings public. We'll see how detailed those public findings are, if it's just kind of a top sheet uh, summary of it. Um, when that comes out, that's going to be a very, very big deal because it's basically going to be 
you know, it should be naming names and who did what and what, you know, the Blackhawks to this point haven't really denied anything. They've been, they've been dealing with the legalities of it, trying to get the cases dismissed. And that very well still could happen. Even if the cases get dismissed, which, you know, some legal experts that Scott Powers and I have talked to have said they have a very good chance of getting these cases dismissed for various technicalities and things like that. They still got to make, they still got to survive the court of public opinion. And, um, you know, Scott and I have been writing a lot about this lately, what it's like to be a Blackhawks fan right now, because it is an exciting time to be a Blackhawks fan. It's been six years since they won that last cup. That's a lifetime when you've won three cups in six years. And people are excited about all the stars. People are so excited to see Jonathan Taves back and Marc-Andre Fleury. How could you not be excited about that? But there are fans that have, you know, turned in their season tickets over Uh this. There are fans that are ambivalent at best about this. It's, you know, you're rooting for players, but how could you root for the team right now, given what, what is, what they may or may not have done, what's been alleged here and not just the front office, the, the allegations of homophobic bullying by teammates, by guys that, you know, guys that you worshipped as a fan. Yeah. You know, that we don't know that that's true, but it's, it's, you know, Patrick Kane said he never heard any of that. Jonathan Taze said he never heard any of that. But that's out there now. Right. And that's, that's something you have to wrestle with as a fan is, is can you throw your support behind a team and a front office and players that allegedly did the things that are being alleged here? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line to walk as a writer, but it's, I think it's a lot harder to walk as a fan right now. Um, I'm a Mets fan. The Mets have had some, you know, the Mickey Calloway and, and, and the GMs and, you know, there, there are times right now where it's just like, you know, you know, why do I invest so much emotional energy in this team if there's going to keep, you know, putting, you know, these flawed, if not bad people, uh, in the fr- in front and center. It, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just hope, like, I think the Mets fan comparison is a good one. And I think as a fan, you sit there and hope, okay, the organization that I care about does the right thing. Like that's like, that's where my mind would be. Right. As right. a fan, you just like, just do, do the right thing here. And you never want Katie Strang writing about your team. I mean, that's basically what it comes no, down to. Because, never. And she's writing about a lot of teams these days. Yeah, I, so, yeah. and Meg Linehan too. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard to be a sports fan right now. It's hard to feel good about some of the institutions that you love right now. It's a sports fan. Yeah. Well, there's a reckoning happening and it's, it's, it's going to keep going and it's going to keep getting uglier. God bless Katie and Meg for their work. And because I mean, that's ultimately the most important thing. And, and, and Laz, I, you know, I appreciate, cause I know there's fans that would rather you not weigh in on that. They just want to like live wherever they live where that's not happening. So I appreciate you doing the work there and, and keeping us up to date on everything that's happening. And, and hopefully you're able to enjoy some hockey and seeing a guy like Jonathan Taves step back on the ice and play 20 minutes in an exhibition game. It's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing, man. It's really, it's just, it's the, it's the most Jonathan Taves thing that's ever happened. It's, it's, you know, it's 20, it's, 23 minutes. On. I don't think, I, I don't think I realized that was the number. Good God. He had like a two minute yeah. shift in overtime too. Of course he did. Oh, man. Laz, thanks for doing this, my friend. Great to see you. And um, thanks, buddy. I'm hopefully we'll see you in I want to see you in Chicago at a playoff game. Oh, oh. Let's do it. I miss it. I miss writing about big games. It's been a while. Awesome. You might 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 have some here, man. That team's that <laughs> that team for better or worse is is gonna have a chance. All right, boys. Thanks. All right, I want to thank Mark Lazarus for joining us. But now we go from one of our oldest beat writers in Mark Lazarus, who is ancient, to one of our youngest, most talented superstar, Peter Baugh, covering the Colorado Avalanche. Peter, what's happening, my friend? How are you? I am well. That's very kind of you. Uh, but yes, things are, things are pretty good here in Denver. Yeah, they're always good in Denver. I'm I'm always jealous of anybody in Denver. Chicago and Denver are two of the best stops on the tour. And um, we wanted to bring you in um, because that's, I think, Colorado Avalanche. This is the year, right? Like, we everybody is all in on the Avalanche. We, we've um, 
They've gone through the growing pains, all the stuff that you have to do to succeed. You have to have the heartbreak. I think we've had the heartbreak. I think we've had enough heartbreak in Colorado. And now, now it's the, the show me year. And do you feel any, does that vibe resonate right now at camp? Do you feel that like that, that burden of expectations on this group at all when you're there? I, I mean, I think certainly they aren't shying away from what their goals are and they know that this is a Stanley cup caliber team and that they probably were a Stanley cup caliber team last year and they couldn't get it done. So I think that that pressure is something that they know is there. And, um, but I, I don't necessarily know if it's new because last year there was that pressure too. Um, but maybe last year was like you said, the heartbreak they needed where they, they just weren't emotionally ready. And now, now they are. So it's going to be a fascinating year and definitely a lot of pressure. And it very much is an all in year for the avalanche. Yeah, I mean they're they're following the template. You have the yeah. the 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 heartbreaking loss, whether it's you know Tampa versus Columbus or you know Penguins versus Detroit, like in in two thousand eight. Like I, it's it's that's the that's the way it works. I think a way. I mean, but a way they're deviating from it is the goalie stuff, right? I mean, you're switching midstream for a cup contender from from Grubauer to to Kemper. And I, I don't know, what are, what are you seeing from him? What's the vibe like surrounding, surrounding that? Cause that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest, you know, day one story for them is, is making that switch. Totally. It actually reminded me of a conversation I had with Craig, I think over the summer about, they had these three free agents, McCarr, who was an RFA, Landis Gaga was a UFA and Grubauer, who's a UFA. And, and Craig, one of the things you said was I would probably um, focus on getting your skaters like signed and then figure out the goaltending after that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the avalanche did. They had to pay for Landis God, probably a little more than they would have liked. And, um, and then they had to go find a new goaltender because Grubauer walked in free agency and Kemper has looked okay so far. I mean, it's hard to tell with preseason game, yeah. especially with goalies, like goalies are just really hard to evaluate. Um, yeah. um, and, but he played decently well last night. He had his first full game of action and, um, the Avs played a pretty much like hybrid AHL, NHL team against the Wilds, like mostly NHL team and Kemper had a 906 save percentage. So I, I, it was a, it was a solid showing. So we'll see, obviously preseason games don't matter, but I think it also helps that Pavel Francois is back from injury mm-hmm. and, and they have a little bit of insurance and another goaltender they can count on. God, they were they were so close to being left holding the bag. Like when the, when the goalie <laughs> Mary, when the, goal, the music stopped, they were they were right there. the 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 game of musical chairs was about to stop, and and Sackick was going to be standing. So yeah, you you see, you know, you see the trade. It's I'm sure in a perfect world it wouldn't have. That's not the way it worked. Would have worked out. They wouldn't have sent that many assets. Yeah, off for off for their replacement. But I mean, they got. They got a guy, if, if if nothing else, they got a guy that makes sense, and they were what a day or two away from uh, from being in whatever a Five Pittsburgh hours. Penguin spot or whatever. Where you're, yeah, exactly, where you're like, okay, well, we're we're the loser here, and they avoided that. I don't like. Yeah, I mean, not to, but like, I don't even think. Um, I think they did better than that. Like, they got a guy who fits within their structure of what Peter and I talked about this summer. Like, they they pulled it off. And maybe it was Absolutely. five hours away from being a disaster, yeah. but... No one's no one's going to care that they sent a first round pick to Terry. To, yeah. It doesn't... That doesn't That doesn't matter. Yeah. That doesn't matter as, as long as as long as Kemper performs and we have plenty of reasons to think that he will. I, I think I think that's a, that's a completely workable solution yeah. for them. 
Yeah, and also if if all goes well for the Avalanche, that first round pick will essentially be an early second pick. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. That's that's and, and that's what you do when you're sitting where the Avalanche sit. I was actually, you know, when you started reporting that Landeskog was was frustrated with you know the the offer and all, you know there was all this posturing that was happening with Gabriel Landeskog, um, and it became very public. I was start really starting to wonder if that would get done and. Um, also because like that's a that's a front office that is very aware of things like aging curves and ca- the value of cap space and has these young players they're gonna have to sign and I really was like boy that might be a coin toss um is there a way to put a value on on what Landeskog brings to this team in this moment in time as you know as they try to win a cup well I think that's why you ultimately saw them overpaying. It's probably the wrong word because there is that value that yeah. you can't really measure. But I mean, in terms of like pure hockey uh, analytics and all that, would it have made sense for the Avalanche to go after Jaden Schwartz and keep Brandon Saad rather than signing Landis Guy? Maybe. But Landis Guy is the unquestioned leader of that team. He is mm-hmm. vital in terms of it, it, teams have different types of leaders. Like Nathan McKinnon's an mm-hmm. intense guy. He'll push his teammates as we, I mean, Nikita Zadorov's comments were maybe a little exaggerated, um, or at least that's what McKinnon has said. Um, but um, he had, he had, he had <laughs> to, he came across like a psychopath. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> well, and I think Landis guy, he can balance that out a little bit. He's someone who's been around the league. He's seen this team be in the dumpster and he, he knows how to keep perspective. And I think that's really important, especially when he's with a guy like Nathan McKinnon and he's someone who can check Nathan McKinnon if Nathan McKinnon is maybe being a little too much. So I think that that's invaluable. And he's a really good player. And the fact of the matter is the Avalanche are in a cup window right now. Mm -hmm. And if they win a cup in the next three years and Gabriel Landeskog is a big part of it, then that contract's probably worth it. Even if six years from now, he's, he's declining heavily. Um, and you're paying a seven million dollar cap hit to someone who's on a decline. It, it like there was maybe more leverage there for Landeskog than I wanted to give him credit for because if we're following the narrative that you have a core group that goes through some heartbreak and then eventually breaks through, you kind of need the core group to be to, to be there for it, <laughs> you know, for for the breakthrough. And if you like, you know, you sign Makara, but you don't, you lose your captain and maybe your starting goalie. All of a sudden, this isn't the same group. This is now, you know, now it's not the core group. It's so funny to see the analytics heavy front offices. Mm. I love seeing what makes them leave their comfort zone and deviate from their valuation, from their like on paper valuation of a player. And I thought that that that's a fascinating element to, to the Landeskog stuff, right? Is like, is he, is he, is he, you know, in a spreadsheet somewhere, does he is he worth the amount of money that they paid him? Like in terms of just strict strict on ice stuff, like probably not. But you know, they factored in all the all, all this stuff, right? The 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 heartbreak and the and the fact that he is a a, a yang to to uh, to to McKinnon's yin. Like I that's it's it's cool it's cool to see front offices consider that. And I thought that was like a through line for their offseason, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you saw another thing that made them. I guess kind of the front office maybe go away from analytics a little bit was the Vegas series. And they, they went out and traded a fourth for Curtis McDermott, who is very much not an analytic. (laughs) No, 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 he he is is not not an analytic darling, but he is very big and he is unafraid to play physical. And I think that the 
Vegas, if the Vegas series goes a different way, I don't know if they make that trade. I saw you, I saw you did a risers and fallers and had new hook on Alex new hook, who was off off season acquisition by them on the fallers list. Is there what's, what have you seen from him? Is that, are there, they're already not thrilled with him? Eh? Well, so I was, I was going to have him on the fallers list. He's a, he's a mixed bag. Now he, he played well last oh, night. Oh yeah, there we go. He salvaged sorry, sorry it. He's, no, 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 you're yeah. good. He salvaged <laughs> it last night. He, uh, I mean, Bednar essentially says, so new hooks, a guy who he's a 2019 first round pick with the abs comes in last year, plays in, I think eight of 10 playoff games, scores his first goal in the playoffs. Looks like he might contend for a second line spot this year. Um, and Bednar yesterday, I asked him about it. He was like, yeah, he, He's kind of gotten off to a slow start. He's been just okay for me. And Bednar's really honest. And I think uh, he said he's had a conversation with Newhook about starting to get it going. Um, and Newhook, to his credit, last night really did. He played He played really well. Um, the game, you couldn't watch it on TV in Colorado. So I was listening to it on the radio. Of course. Uh, it sounded like he was playing well. And then, it sounded, and then it sounded Bednar, great on AM 950. <laughs> Yeah, and people, then, uh, pe- pe- people on the ice were screaming, "Wow, Alex Newhook is so exactly, good!" Exactly, <laughs> Alex, you're doing great. <laughs> he scored. He scored, and then uh, Bednar after the game said he did in fact play well. Yeah, I saw the. Well, I saw the. I saw the Bednar quote in, on, in your in your in your piece, and was like, "Okay, he's he's a faller because he is." He's like, eh. "Bednar was like he hasn't stood out for me in a big way yet." Uh, he's getting better, but he had a slow, slow start to camp for me. And I read that and I was like, okay, like that's, this, yeah. is, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, hit list already. Yeah. Well, it was, it's an interesting thing. Cause going into the, um, training camp, it was like, he felt like a borderline lock to make the team. And now it's, he's still, I, I mean, I think there's a decent chance he'll be on the team. And, and honestly, the prerogative for the avalanche is not, for, for Alex Newhook to be contributing on the night one roster. It's whether he's contributing by like game 64 and whether mm-hmm. he's ready to go for the playoffs. And I think mm-hmm. Alex Newhook is just because he's had a up and down camp does not mean that he will not be a very successful NHL hockey player. He's only 20 years old. Yeah. Those are the guys, those are the guys that, that cup champs have, right? You have yeah. the 20 year old Alex Newhooks who are making next to no money and giving you max production for that. Like every team has to have a couple of them. That's just the way it goes. Totally. So let's wrap with this, Peter. You mentioned Jared Bednar. There's, you know, I don't know. It's, we were, Sean and I were just talking about coaches that maybe have a short leash and, and there's, it's the league's in a weird place because there aren't a lot of guys that you would say, okay, this, there's, there's a real hot seat. I think Jared Bednar, who has done, you know, a good job. I, people look at what he's done in Colorado and they appreciate it. Um, I just ask you because expectations are so high and that tends to, um, you know, that tends to put pressure on the coach. Uh, like how long would, would you say his leash is this year? Well, it's interesting. So Pierre Lebrun reported that um, the abs have started like a contract extension talks with him. Mm-hmm. His contract's up after this year. Um, but I think that another second round exit would not be good for Bednar. Um, and this is more speculation than anything, sure. but this is a team, like you said, with super high expectations. Um, and maybe Bednar is the coach before the coach that gets them there. He's done a great job getting them to this point, building them um, up. I think that he said this like, the first two second round losses they have are not like, they're not like the third. They probably overperformed to get to game seven against San Jose in 2019. Yeah. And they were crazy injured in 2020. Last year is the one that really stinks. And that's the one that will put, that'll make the seat get a little bit warmer. Um, 
But I also wonder if it if it looks a little different if that's the conference finals, which it easily could have been rather than the um, a second round matchup because of the weird like division format. So. Yeah, he's been uh, that he's coach for a weird game. window of time. You know what I mean? Like he's had to navigate some bizarre situations. I don't. You don't see a lot of guys that are that are the that are the head coach of a team that's gone through that through that many phases of their of their organizational lifespan, right? Like my like my God, he's he's been there. He's been there for a lot for a lot of different stuff. And that said, yeah. there's a lot of coaches that would kill to have like their low point be getting to the second round of the playoffs for the last Darn. three years. Yeah. We're like, we're like, got to do better than that, Jared. It's like, oh, that's better than 98% of every coach. Of <laughs> hey, you're, you're forgetting the low point of 48 points. His first, uh, well, his first right. year. I mean, we remember that roster, Peter. It doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't count. It kind of counts. He was like, he, he, he said, he was like, I'm really grateful that they stuck with me. He did not take, like, I think it sounded, some of his comments have made it sound like he was a little nervous after that year. Yeah. It was a, it was a We need like, we need like a, a, a one or two line prediction from a car this year. What oh, are yeah. we going to expect? Can we, can, can we write him in for the Norris and Marker? Is, is that going to happen? I'll say if he's healthy for 70 games or more, he will win the Norris. That is my, uh, my one Love sentence it. prediction. That's great. I like it. I like it. Well, Peter, thanks for doing this. It was fun. It was great to see you. And uh, it's going to be, I mean, this is a, a fun spot to be in as a beat writer. You know, this is going to be, yeah. if it's a disaster, that's I mean, not fun, but you'll have lots to write about. Or maybe it's a long cup run and the fans get on board and that's, there's nothing better than that. So enjoy it and, and best of luck, Peter. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Sean, now for my favorite part of the show where this, this became like a, let's promo the app and now it's become, I love living in the comment section of our app because people seem to get, they're in on the joke about the American thing. Somebody was dropping stuff about that Leafs Amazon show, so, you know, just oh. daring us to talk about it. I'm mad I even referenced it because that I, would be you should You should have... Eve Slay Amazon Way show or whatever. <laughs> Find a way around it. Oh, I should have done better there. You did you did reference <laughs> it. You you were true to your word in the comments there. So I'm gonna pull up some of these. We got some questions here. Um and if you are a subscriber to the Athletic, just go on our app. We've got the tab yeah. there, the listen tab, go to our specific episode. Click on details. We're gonna we make you climb through a lot of hoops to so leave a comment, I, but it's fewer hoops than used to. So that's that's a good thing. And and we and so let's let's. I think we're due. I, I think we're we're due for another change there that completely confuses me and makes it impossible for. <laughs> All you have to do to comment not, on our I'm show not... is download the app. Then you've got to hike, climb a mountain. 
Um, <laughs> be smart. Be smarter than Sean Gentile to, to to comment on a show page. And guess what? It ain't tough. <sighs> so let's start with Chris J, who points out rightly, correctly, that Chris was mad that the Monday edition went to the Florida Panthers last week mm-hmm. when they had Joel Quinville on. Maybe you guys should go north next week and steal a guest. We would never do that. I, first of all, but. Um, because well, we're a we're good teammates. Good teammates. Unlike, I would not unlike unlike certain other people who work. Yeah. Here, so say. they bring in Joel Quinville, um, <laughs> just completely out of bounds. Like you have four teams. Or how many teams are in Canada? Six, eight. You have teams up there. You don't need to go 12? to Florida to get Joel Quinville. Um, I'm pretty sure he's American. He's not. Um, so <laughs> so yes. Thank you, Chris, for calling them out. And um, it shouldn't happen again. They should not be tapping into the American teams for guests. It was it was ridiculous. Brandon H took us to task because in the middle of um, we were talking to John Bucci Gross in last week's episode. If you don't go listen to that interview, if you didn't listen to it, John was great. It was good. You can skip yeah, all of me good. and Sean. Anything else we say, just go right to the interview. And one of the things we were talking about was the Manning cast. And, Sh- and Sh- Gentilly had you, Sean, you had a kind of a throwaway line about like, hey, sorry, Steve Dangle. Oh. It's better to watch the Manning cast than to watch people talk about games. No. All so right. hold on. I'm going to read Brandon H. Says, low blow to Steve Dangle streaming playoff games on YouTube. I actually preferred his commentary to the games over the national broadcast. And the Leafs are not my favorite team. Uh, and he, there's like many more words from Brandon, we, in, in, but I, I wanted to give you a chance to acknowledge or, or at least refute the low blow. Yes. Against- my blatant, my blatant disrespect to Steve, who's like, who's just the, the greatest guy. No, the, the reason I said that was because it was right around the same time where it's like the Steve Dangle podcasting network. And we knew that C, that CJ was getting involved and Steve has his like, He's got his he's got his fingers in so many in so many different pies. Like my my god, the dude's a the dude's a dude's a mogul. It it works. So why for are you him. making so fun you, of him on our podcast? So to hear Butch, so to hear Butchagrass say like ah, I don't like what it's watching people watch a game. I'm like you have this you have this dude over here who's like who's made you know a a, a wonderful career for himself doing that. But yeah, I um. But yeah, it, it also kind of just belied my overall stance. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start a feud with Steve Dangle on the on the on the athletic uh, on the athletic cocky. That's good. That's, that's good. That's I mean, we about. already fight with Ian and Haley. Call, calling you out, Dangle. Let's go. Oh my gosh! All right, next comment comes from Brian L, who says, "Love your show, guys. I'm wondering if we can get a second American show since we still have two Canadian shows." Um, that's that's a valid point. We can also talk about it in a second. I enjoy their shows as well. You don't have to say that, Brian. But have grown to like the American version a little more. Let's let that just sink in. Let's make it. Let's make it a lot more, baby. <laughs> I would argue Max Boltman and Corey Promen speaking on prospects. Max is also yeah. based in Detroit. It's not an American centric show, but at least it. Uh, is Corey Canadian? I don't know. Corey just sounds like I think he's <laughs> where did got, he come from? Where did Corey Prime come from? <laughs> I don't. Well, it, it, I don't. I don't have the answer. To that. I do know he's got like Montreal ties, but family in Florida. I don't know what his pass, passport says. I think he's American. He's he's deliberately. He's <laughs> what is ambiguous here's, here, in his here's a nationality? Here's a here's a question. What is Corey Prime hiding? <laughs> um. Do, should we have another American show? I I would agree, Brian. So let's. I, I think I think there's a lot of good options that aren't me and Sean to certainly do that show. 
Um, and I, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you you calling out that the American show has certainly surpassed the Canadian shows in mm-hmm. enjoyability. Significantly. <laughs> I don't know if he... Brian no, said, he said it. It's, it's there. Don't, 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 don't reread it. It's there. Trust me. Significantly. <laughs> we'll try to get there. Last one. This comes from Lucas C. I feel like I am a rare crossover of being a proud Canadian mm. and a fan of the American version of the athletic hockey show. Any chance you guys talk about your early favorites spelled with like a U thrown in there, Ugh, Lucas? Yuck! <laughs> to make the Memorial Cup next episode, he wants us to talk. Oh, Lucas, is it more? Is that next, some sort of tournament? What's the Memorial Cup? I, don't, I think it's um, I think it's like a uh, beer league, like a senior league. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. is it like the, it's where it's where the retired players get no. together and. Play it. Okay. Really uh, well, Lucas, we'll look into this Memorial Cup, uh, and if it's if there's oh, oh, oh no, I I I I know what that is, Lucas. Why are you asking us to talk about CFL football? Oh, that's right. Big Rough Riders man. We'll talk to we'll talk to Maze about that. Maybe you can talk about Edmonton, whatever they're called now. <laughs> Aren't there like three teams with the same name? Is another uh, thing, uh, or is that no longer matter? Um, Who cares? <laughs> Um, all right. So if you want, we'd love interacting with you all. Like we already responded to half of these anyways in the app, but make sure get some good questions in there. We'd like that. It's way more fun than having to go into the cesspool. That is Twitter to engage. Mm-hmm. I, I, we liked some, we, we like to refine our, our questions with subscribers and listeners, especially people mm-hmm. that start everyone that says, I like the show better than the Canadian version. That'll definitely get your, <laughs> your question read. So go on our app, ask those questions and, um, We'll definitely answer them. All right. To wrap up, I do want to plug a couple of things. Yeah. Um, the episode, we don't really talk about Down Goes Brown and Ian Mendez's day of the week. They don't, they're they not don't like our, our They don't care about us. We you don't think, care about them. You think Mac, McAndrew needs our help? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but they've got Vogel, John Vogel and Arthur Staple. Um, yeah. Uh, I would give them a listen. The, the Islanders are... I mean, I mean, I'm. We like the Islanders. We've we've already established our love for the Islanders on this episode. Mm-hmm. Staples got an interesting team to cover there. The Sanders Vogel. Here's here's why you should listen to John Vogel because he's got the most interesting storyline of the entire season with the Jack Eichel trade watch. Yeah, and Vogel Vogel is you know hasn't slept in the last nine months or or whatever whatever it is and i like still worried about him like, i am worried about john what i love about john <laughs> is like he he does he goes and he's reporting things day to day and you get your coverage and then every once in a while he'll just drop the hammer he'll torches <laughs> just torches just torches <laughs> unbelievable I love, it. I love it those are two those are two really really great writers <sighs> like the state the state the staple involved i mean i Whatever. I'm jealous they're on the you take your day of the you week. take you take your pick. Yeah, you hear that Lazarus Ba get lost. We want we wanted Staple and Vogel. This sucks. <laughs> uh, also, I would encourage you to subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. We have so many podcasts now, I can't even keep track of them all. So make sure you're subscribed to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. You can start with a 30-day free trial, and then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And if you're not subscribing to The Athletic and you're like, hey, I want to leave comments on the podcast and also read all of the great work that our writers do, uh, if you go to The Athletic Hockey Show, the, no, don't do that. It's not even a website. If you go to theathletic.com <laughs> slash hockey show, you get in at 50 
20% off. Now here's 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 what you guys do. Go to the athletic hockeyshow.biz <laughs> backslash mm-hmm. hockey show. W-W-W. Backslash mm-hmm. Craig and Sean dot HTML. Don't forget the coupon code. Ball deodorant and (laughs) crop preserver. (laughs) Sean, it's a favorite hour of my week. Love it. Great job. Point, point. That's my new sign off. Point, 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 point. point. (laughs) See you, everyone. Bye.